I've realized the national media doesn't know how to address the Colorado Buffaloes and Deion Sanders. I'm going to tell you how, what their issue is, and what's going on with the national media and all these doubts around Colorado on today's episode of Locked on Buffs. You are Locked on Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? This is Locked on Buffs. I am your host, Kevin Borba. In today's episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about what, what the national media has wrong about Colorado and Coach Prime. We're also going to be get, I'm going to give you an update on Transfer Portal Target, and then I'm going to talk to you guys about all of the Buffs who made Athlon's uh, preseason all-pack 12 teams. They had seven um, players and told them to make it, and I'm going to give you a breakdown of each one of them and why they made it and stuff. Um, but before we do, I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Buffs your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Okay, let's dive right into why Coach Prime and Colorado understood or misunderstood, excuse me. Um, for starters, there's two major aspects. For one, I think obviously the transfer portal exodus and methods and all of this with Pat Narduzzi, uh, Matt Rule, Jim Mora, whoever it may be. I think that's probably the most understood or misunderstood part about this, just because we've never seen anything like it. People in college football don't like change, and especially people who are older in college football. They hate change um, because it's not what they used to know. Like Pat Narduzzi said, this isn't the job he took. Well, the job he took was in 2015. The portal wasn't even a thing yet. You inherited a bold bowl um game roster so it's like not really you're comparing apples to oranges here it doesn't really count um but another thing i think people are not used to the transfer portal being used like this um i don't know if they thought it was just always going to work in the player's favor but um there's always a i guess a learning curve so first year of the transfer portal first couple years even players kind of controlled the power nil came into effect and players controlled where they wanted to go it was all about the players. The players were empowered. It was cool. It was great. But now, Coach Prime figured out, I won't say a loophole because it's within the rules, but it's kind of like a loophole. He figured out a way to f- use the transfer portal as much as he wants. And that's basically telling guys to get out. And while it's not the nicest thing to do, it's what was necessary. Um, this Colorado team last year was the worst team possibly in a decade, if not longer, they ranked 128th in total offense, uh, only ranking above UMass, Iowa, who I will go on record and say had the worst uh, offense since the forward pass was invented. And then lastly, New Mexico, who is one of the worst college football teams probably ever. And then total defense, they ranked 130th, just above South Florida. Um, so they were only better defensively than one team. Um I think the transfer portal stuff is getting way overblown. I think people are kind of too in their feelings about it. Realistically, college football is a business. It always has been, but now with NIL and the transfer portal and all of this being in, coming into effect, it's a bigger business than it's ever been before. Um, there's a great video going around of Coach Prime talking about how if you want to be treated like a professional, you can't be, or if you want to be paid like a professional, you can't be treated like a kid something to that effect. And I think people are are still thinking these are college kids. They're young. And it's like, yeah, they are young. You know, I'm, 
I'm around the same age as some of them. Um, the COVID, the COVID year has kind of given me an advantage over some of these guys uh, being still young. The COVID year has got some like 35 year olds in college football. Uh, I'm, I'm the young ripe age of 23. So I'm still older than some of these guys, but at the age of 20 through 24, we'll just say you're an adult. Are you a young adult? Yes. But the world is already coming for you. Like there, obviously I think college athletes, there's, they have like a harder, I would say for the most part, some people work through college and all that. They have a harder experience in terms of going to class, balancing that. And so then being able to be compensated for their performance and stuff or their other performance, their being athletes and stuff is important. But I also think that their part of them thought they were always going to be guaranteed like a, I don't know, a guarantee, like something was going to go their way. And coach prime, it's not that he's like anti-college athlete because otherwise he wouldn't be coaching. He just knows what the rules are and he's working within the rules. And I think people are upset because they're like, Oh, they're just young kids. It's like, no, if you're going to get paid to be a college athlete, you are now part of a business entity and business entity, excuse me. And they were always part of this business entity, but now there's legit money involved, legal money. I don't know. I know back in the day, there were some Donald bags being filled with cash and stuff, but now it's like, you cost us this much money. We need this from you. And also college football coaches don't get the longest leashes anymore. You don't get four to five years to rebuild your program. You get three. Um, and if there's no progress by year three, you're, you're either fired or the next season, as soon as you lose too many games, you're done. So coaches can't be playing this game where it's like, especially coach prime who is going to be far more ridiculed than any other coach in college football because of his stature and, just his personality he doesn't have the time to be like you know what i'm gonna bring this ragtag group of guys and we're gonna win some football games and to be great we're gonna improve why take that risk when you have the transfer portal available so that's that part of it other aspect of why they're misunderstood i'm reading this i i see this article 2023 college football win total odds predictions best bets for colorado alabama and stanford okay so Colorado is the first team. It doesn't say who wrote it, which is kind of annoying because not that I want to attack them. I just want to know who wrote what, you know? Um, so obviously Colorado's win total is uh, uh, three and a half. So if you take the over, they have to win four. If you take the under, they got to win two. Um, but he says, or they said, call me crazy, but I'm fading the Colorado hype and taking the squad to go under their season win total. And this is the part where I'm just so confused about like this literally, uh, let me, let me read it. And then I'll be like, this doesn't matter. The Buffaloes were one and 11 last season, as we all know. And outside of their 20 to 13 win against Cal, they did not keep any game close. Overall, the team had one of the worst rosters in the sport. When Deion Sanders was hired in December, he promised roster overhaul and the Colorado staff delivered on its promise. The Buffs have had 71 players transferred during the 2022 to 23 portal cycle with 47 of those players entering the portal in the spring. To fill out those roster spots, Deion Sanders brought in a recruiting class and a whole roster of portal players. But a quick glance at their depth chart, which is ever-evolving, not set in stone, shows only four players in the starting 22 who were on the roster last year. That's a whole bunch of new talent personalities to pair with the new staff. It's never been done before on this scale before. Who cares? You know? Okay. I think the weirdest the weirdest criticism of this Colorado team is that they were 1-11 last year. And then going back and saying 
they're going to be bad this year because they were one in 11 last year. If coach prime had kept all of those guys and only recruited and like added like say six, 10 transfers, that would make sense. Cause it'd be predominantly the same core. It'd be like, you know what? Nico Reed's still out there or Jalen Sammy or whoever, whoever else left. Um, Montana Lamonius Craig, Jordan Tyson. Like obviously those are the notable good guys, but like Brennan Lewis, JT Shrout, whoever doesn't matter. If the core of those guys stayed and they didn't lose, like say they kept 55 guys from last year's roster, which would only allow them to bring in 30 players, um, not total, because obviously you got to be at 85 scholarship limits, the 85 scholarship limit. Who cares? All those guys are gone. Those guys were the reason they were one in 11. There's a reason they were so bad. I don't know why Colorado gets criticized for their one in 11 season. Like, I know why they got criticized last year. It was obvious. That was probably, I watched them play TCU and I watched them play, I think it was USC. And that was like literally the worst. Like, I I had never seen worse football from a team. Like, you could just tell they weren't going to be good. And for to somehow try to finagle their your way into comparing the two teams, that's totally different. If you could somehow have this current roster, which you probably could scrimmage last year's roster, I think this roster would beat them by 40. Like you cannot compare them and say, this is the same thing. It's not, it's like comparing, I don't know. Um, how this is such a, it's like comparing the 2020. This is, this keeps happening. And this is, I'm going to go to basketball real quick. The 2020 Lakers roster to this roster. They're like, the Lakers finally did it. They made it back to the Western conference finals after for, 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 for. it was a completely different roster. They had, one guy, two guys, Kern and Anthony Davis and LeBron James, and we're going to be like, this is the same thing. It's not the same thing. That's a completely different roster. Um, I think just people, I think they want to criticize Colorado somehow, and the only way they know how to do it is to bring up 1-11. But when you bring up 1-11, you have to factor in that, like you said, only seven guys or ten guys, whatever the number is from last year's roster, will be here. Um, so it's a completely different roster. I think people are kind of forgetting that aspect of it, but – that's just my take on it. I think Colorado's transfer portal efforts are were necessary. And people are still trying to hold on to the 1-11 as if it's the same team. It's not. It's not like he just inherited that roster and ran with it. It's a completely different roster. So people got to move on from that criticism is all I'm saying. Um, I'm moving on, and I'm going to tell you guys about our sponsor, Bird Dogs. If you're looking for a great short that fits perfectly, they're comfortable, they're a firm, or they're like – they're tight where you need it, loose where you need it. Um, I look great in them. I feel great. Um, their stretchy fabric makes my legs. I mean, I feel like they look good. They show off a little leg muscle I've been putting out there. Um, versatility, you know, where to play softball. You could wear it to a, a nicer dinner. You could wear them to play golf. You could kind of wear them wherever. Um, they're comfortable enough to be used in athletic wear, but they're also nice enough looking to be used at a dinner or something. So go ahead and get your bird dogs. Um, if you want and are interested in bird dogs, go to birddogs.com slash locked on college. And you, when you enter a promo code locked on college, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs, Yeti style tumbler with every order. Again, if you want some comfy shorts who that are basically the most dynamic short you could ever imagine, um, go to birddogs.com slash locked on and enter promo code locked on college. They'll throw in a free custom bird dogs, Yeti style tumbler with every order. Again, go to bird dogs are super comfortable. You won't want to miss out. Um, Back to the bus football, though. Miles Rouser, if you're not familiar with the name, um, former four-star. He is 
a safety from Campbell. Um, interesting, interesting little story about him. He was kind of, I mean, not kind of, he was a four-star recruit had was committed to Arkansas and all it was like set to go to Arkansas. And then all of a sudden he ended up flipping to Campbell, um, really never found an explanation as to why um, maybe Campbell had a, a major uh, NIL program going through that Arkansas couldn't compete with. I don't know. Um, he's from Detroit, Michigan. He announced his top five and he's going, or top six, excuse me, maybe a top seven now. Cause he's talking about Cincinnati, but He's going to be committing on Friday, which is tomorrow. Um, his top, top six consists of Colorado, Oregon, LSU, Penn State, New Mexico State, and Tennessee. Um, again, former four-star, was super productive this past season, probably one of the more productive players in the portal. Uh, he had 52 total tackles, 41 solo tackles, four tackles for a loss, four pass breakups, three quarterback hits, one pick, and one forced fumble, fumble recovery. And he also threw in 28 yards rushing. So he obviously maybe got a little um little carry there i guess um he could play uh rover which is his this is him describing his game he could play rover free safety and nickel and can also play on special teams um i don't know how colorado stands in miles rouse's recruitment anymore um just because they're loaded at safety but again i think the best players aren't afraid of competition so if miles rouser is as confident as I think he is. I think the Colorado Buffaloes have a good chance of landing him because obviously you have Cameron Summon Craig, you have Vito Tisdale, you have Trevor Woods, you have Travis Jay from Florida State, um, Brent Gant, uh, who's kind of like a hybrid linebacker safety type guy. That's five guys already. And oh, Roderick Ward from Southern Utah, who is all he's first team all whack and all that over at Southern Utah. That's six guys that could probably start for the Buffs. Is Miles Rouser going to be scared of the competition? I doubt it. He doesn't seem like a easy guy. I feel like, I feel like by him going to Campbell, he showed he's not scared of anything. He took a chance. It worked out, um, and now he has the choice of any program he wants to go to. So, um, I don't. I, I'm interested to see how the bus fare in this one. Like, have they taken too many safeties? I don't know. But if he cut, if he commits to Colorado, um, I kind of think that we've been. And this is just speculating the depth chart. I kind of think that we've been guaranteeing Cameron someone Craig a starting spot. And he had flashes at Jackson State, was obviously all conference and all that. But if there's someone who's better, I don't I don't think this staff is going to worry about hurting feelings um, and being like, you know what? You played with us at Jackson State. We need you. Um, same thing with the other starting safety spot, Trevor Woods. Trevor Woods still has to earn a spot. Uh, obviously, he earned his number and he stood out during spring ball, so he has a good chance. Um, but he still has got to earn that spot. And I think Miles Rouser would be a guy that comes in right away, probably pushes for a starting spot um, because I think – I don't know how they're going to manage to get all these safeties on the field, but I think I, I have to imagine that Vito Tisdale is going to at least have a major role. Travis J, same thing. Um, I really like Roderick Ward from Southern Utah. I think he kind of – he's a hard-hitting safety. My microphone came unplugged. Apologies. Uh, but I was saying he's a hard-hitting safety, knows where he's supposed to be at all times, and I really think safety is going to be probably a little difficult. They might figure out a way to get – I mean, Rouser would be perfect because he could come and play nickel, um, so he could he could stay on the field, and you could still have two other safeties on the field as well. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, I'll keep you updated. Uh, go check me out over at Athlon. I'll have it written up 
what he decides and stuff. But we'll have to wait and see until tomorrow, the Friday, Friday, May 26th, to see what his final decision is. I think, let me, I don't think he has a, a crystal ball prediction in yet because obviously for transfers, it's a little different. I feel like, I feel like when the transfer portal was all, when people were buzzing about it, they had a lot more enthusiasm with covering it. But now I feel like since it's simmered down a little bit, yeah, he has no crystal ball predictions at this time. A um, little bit about him as a recruit. Four-star was ranked the number 33 safety coming out of Detroit, Michigan. Held offers from Arkansas, Michigan, Alabama, and he chose Campbell. Um, he does have familiarity with Charles Kelly, though. Charles Kelly was his primary recruiter um, at Alabama, so that could that could help. That could help. Um, but, yeah. So I'll keep I'll keep you updated on Miles Rouser tomorrow. Um, Athlon, not me because I didn't write it, but good friend Steve Lassen, I believe is how you say his name. Um, he is always doing the preseason all conference teams, and so he did the All Pac-12 team, and the Buffs had seven people featured. Um, let me run down from fourth from fourth to best or fourth team to first team. Excuse me. Um, they had. And some of these guys may surprise you, some of them may not. First one on the board, Trevor Woods, safety. First player to earn, or one of the first players to earn his jersey number. Um, one of the few players from last year's roster. He had nearly 80 tackles, a pick, and three pass deflections. I think he could easily submit, cement himself as a starter again. Wouldn't shock me. Um, he has Pac-12 or he Pac-12 experience, Power 5 experience, and I think he he's hungry. I think being that he was one of the few guys to stay and one of the few guys to kind of make an impression, I think that's huge on his part, and the sky's the limit for him. I really like his game. I, I'm excited to see what he does. Um, and then all the rest of them are transfers, as you could expect. Um, not too shocking. But he was Trevor Woods was fourteen. Joining him on the fourth team was Derek McClendon, the second Florida State transfer. Um, he recorded seven sacks combined in his past two seasons, um, has Power 5 experience at Florida State, played in the ACC, um, one of the five Florida State transfers. I think he's going to be a good compliment for Jordan Dominic, who I think was kind of snubbed from this list, the Arkansas transfer. But I think having McClendon and Dominic on either side are going to be a huge, huge addition, huge advantage for the Buffs. I think they're going to be getting to the quarterback quite often with these two guys. Um, staying on the fourth team and at the edge position, Savelle Smalls, the Washington transfer, former five-star. Okay. I get the excitement for Savelle Smalls. Um, I'm... I think Jordan Dominic is, has all but locked up a starting spot. I think he will be the starting edge for this team um, week one. Uh, he's just a monster when it comes to getting to the quarterback. Savelle Smalls is a former five-star. He was ranked as a 30th uh, recruit coming out of high school, stayed to, at in-state Washington, was never able to crack the rotation consistently, didn't record a lot of sacks. In fact, he didn't record any sacks. Um, he has a chance to kind of get a consistent role, but it's interesting. I think the edge spots at Colorado are probably going to be outside of safety. Um, the toughest spots to get onto the field at, um, and, and the, I guess they're probably going to rotate two or three guys per position, but even then they brought in a lot of guys. And so I think it's going to be difficult for someone like Savelle Smalls to get on the field consistently. Um, but he does have obviously the potential to be, um, a key contributor. Um, obviously you don't earn a five-star rating for not being good. So moving on fourth team, Jimmy Horn jr. Wide receiver. First buff to earn his name, fastest guy on the roster, maybe one of the fastest guys in college football. He's going to be flying all over the field for Sean Lewis's offense. He has a great connection with Shadar Sanders. I think he's going to explode this year. Him and Xavier um, 
Xavier Weaver, the USF, the USF wide receiver duos. I'm very high on both of them. I think Jimmy Horn um, kind of cemented himself first by being one of the first guys to earn being the first guy to earn his number and being there during the spring that also helped him. Um, he also was first team as a kick returner. So special teams weapon. Uh, now we f- go to the third team, Mark Vassett or Vassett punter from Louisville transfer. Um, obviously punters, they matter. They're people too. Um, you only notice your punters when you have a bad one. So Colorado has a good one here. Average nearly 45 yards per punt this past season with two punts down inside the 20. Um, you need a good punter to flip the field. Otherwise, if the offense goes three and out and you have a bad punter, the other team is going to be scoring on you real quick. And it's going to be putting a lot of strain on your defense. Um, staying with the third team, Alton McCaskill, the running back um, from Houston. I think he's the biggest transfer portal addition of the spring period, maybe even in general. Um, I think he gives Colorado one of the best, if not the best running back room in the, in the pac 12 um, ran for 900 over nearly a thousand yards his freshman year, 16 touchdowns also added 21 catches for 113 yards. Um, him and Kavose smoke Dylan Edwards, Anthony Hankerson. I think that's a good combination. Good for a group of running backs. And I think he kind of emerges as a lead back because prior and without him, I think they were just a, a committee. And I think he kind of emerges as a lead guy. He missed this past season with the ACL injury. Um, so excited to see what he does when healthy. And then first team, their lone first teamer, and he made it twice. Travis Hunter, corner and receiver first team. Well, he was for offense, he was all purpose, but defense, he was a corner. Um, talked about it earlier this week. One of the best players in college football already. He was ranked 31st, according to on three. Um, number four corner in the country, according to on three, Travis Hunter is going to be the key to their success. I think, or one of the main keys, um, can he lock down the best receivers on defense? He's going to face Dorian Singer, Tor Franklin, uh, Jacob Cowing, um, Montana Limonis, Crager, him are going to go at it, uh, because Montana is at Arizona, Jordan Tyson, same thing, Arizona state. Now, offense, he has to emerge as a, an elite pass catcher to kind of help space the – give this offense some some firepower. You know, they have Jimmy Horn. They have Xavier Weaver. They have him. Um, they have Javon Antonio, who's a transfer, six-foot-four transfer. Um, but Travis Hunter is going to be the lead guy of them all. I think he's going to have a major role on both sides of the ball. And if Colorado succeeds, it's likely because Travis Hunter was thriving um, at some point. So those are your Athlon preseason All-Pac-12 team members. Um, again – yeah, Trevor Woods, um, Travis Hunter, Alta McCaskill, uh, Mark Vassett, the punter, Jimmy Horn Jr., Savelle Smalls, and Derek McClendon. Some good names to look out for. Um, so, yeah, it's been another great episode of Locked on Bust. I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Um, I will see you guys tomorrow, um, hopefully with a Miles Roger update, depending on when he commits. But you guys have a great day. Have a great Thursday. Again, like, subscribe, share this podcast. I appreciate all the support nearing 2000 subscribers let's get to 10 by the beginning of the season um i plan to have some more interviews more guests coming on so you won't want to miss that you guys stick around have a great day i'll see you guys tomorrow